the truth. You can't handle the truth. Three, two, one, zero. <laughs> Hey, you! Yeah, you! Come here for a minute! I want to talk to you! Mama says your brain dead! Bang your head against the wall! Brain needs an overhaul! The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guests That's and right. do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. Mm-hmm. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. Ain't gonna lie to you. That was weird. We're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Time to lay your burden down. Welcome to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Denver is here. Hello. Tony is here. Morning. Marv is here. Yeah, I am. And we are all together. (laughs) That's your biggest entrance ever. (laughs) The topic this week, when it's time to leave. When it's time to leave. And uh, that that is a broad topic. Mm -hmm. Because this can... um, this can be related to uh, leaving uh, a job, leaving a relationship, leaving a toxic 12-step support meeting uh, that maybe isn't a meeting anymore, leaving um, a circle of friends. It can mean even leaving a place of worship and moving on to another one. I mean, it, it is a broad topic, and um, this is not. We're gonna we're gonna be using um, kind of the employer. Uh, kind of employment thing to kind of use it as a launch uh, format for this show. Um, but this can apply in any, just about anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to where you discover that uh, for your own recovery, for your own sobriety, for your own sanity, it may be time to exit stage right. You can even leave friends. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that, that happens. So we're going to be talking about that. And uh, before we do, though, mm-hmm. uh, just a reminder uh, the 6th Annual Hope Fest is Grace is Enough for You, Saturday, October 14th from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, uh, yeah, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Did I get that right? Yes, I did. <laughs> At the beautiful Prescott Courthouse Plaza in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, the Monty Man will be there. going to try and see if some other people will be there. Um, live music, local and national recording artists, guest speakers, free family fun zone, the Hope Serves Community Resource Fair, food vendors, and more. You can visit the website to find out all sorts of information about one of the largest recovery festivals in the country, the 6th Annual Hope Fest, by visiting hopefestaz.com. And if you see the Monty Man walking around with his portable microphone, don't hesitate to say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. 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 
Uh, so there's that there. Howdy. Howdy, I know. Howdy. <laughs> we got no acknowledgement on that one. <laughs> howdy, howdy. Um, and so we, we, uh, Denver and I and Marsha were up at the Southwest Washington Recovery Forum Big with the Southwest out. Recovery Coalition folks. Excellent time. It was an excellent time. <laughs> it was amazing. So this week, later on this week, uh, those of you who subscribe to the show, you're going to hear some of the interviews from that event. We took Ooh. our portable mic up there and talked to some people. Um, one of those groups was the Exchange Church, Exchange Recovery Program, which is in Vancouver. It's uh, a church that meets on Saturday with about 300 uh, recovering addicts, alcoholics, and life-controlling issue people. Um, and we now have a link at Take12Radio.com. Click on Exchange Recovery, and you can go to their website and learn all about them. Didn't we uh, have a commercial with them on it, too? No. No? Not no. yet. I'm thinking about putting one together, though. I thought we did. Yes. Uh, let's see here. What's that there? Uh, oh, well, oh, it's National Recovery Month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't like National Brown Dog Day or, or <laughs> National Drop Your Pencil Day or, you know, there's so many national days for the silliest things, but this is huge. If your recovery fellowship, if your recovery treatment program, if your recovery circles don't know that September every year is National Recovery Month, you are just out of the loop. I didn't know that either. Well, now you're in the loop. Now you do. And it's my birthday month, too. And it's your birthday month. Belly button birthday. Belly button birthday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's National Recovery Month. Go big or go home. That just means get involved some way, somehow. Go to a recovery event, show up, be present, and help give away what's been so freely given to you. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good. Yes. Stop right there. Uh Uh-oh. It's time for Monty Man's Weekly Wine. That's right. Okay. It's time. I love the baby. I have to tell you that when you're the on... The baby felt like this. Yeah. We have emojis in the uh, studio. And uh, they're pillows. Emoji <laughs> pillows. Cute. And Tony just picked up the grumpy face one. <laughs> I'm going to have fun with these all the <laughs> We have grumpy face, happy face. Uh, uh, what's that weird... Uh, discombobulated face. The, the one with glasses. The smart face. Yeah, and then we have we have poop head. Discombobulated. Very happy. So, so the happy face, though, somebody pointed out to me when I was doing counseling that the happy face's uh, eyes were brown. No, we'll just because you're full of poop. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the weekly wine. All right, when you're when you're on the road, especially when you're several hours away from home, and you have your money planned out. Uh, in your travels, right? It's very important that you are able to keep track of your funds mm. and nobody mess with them. <laughs> it never works. So Denver and I were on the road uh, <laughs> to go to an event, and we were up in – we hadn't crossed over to Washington yet, had yeah, we? Yeah, we were still in Oregon. We were still in Oregon, but yeah. we were way up there, mm-hmm. um, up up the gorge, way up there. And we stopped at a uh, gas station. It was called Love's. Oh, yeah. Love's. I know where that's at, actually. Very odd name for what <laughs> happened to me. Lovely signs, though. Yeah, lovely signs. <laughs> Love's truck stop or whatever it is. And so I, I put $26 worth of gas in my little Kia Soul, right? Mm-hmm. And then I looked on and, and I ran my debit card. And then I looked on my phone, uh, the app, because I always check it. Yeah. 
Right. right. They took out $125. <gasps> That's quite the tip. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. what? What? And so I talked to the lady. She was, oh, yeah, you ran it as a debit. So we put a $125 hold. Are you serious? <laughs> I just, what are you talking about? That has never happened to me before. Now Is that I, even legal? I've, I've seen a dollar hold yeah. before. So I went in inside and I talked to the manager and he goes, oh, yeah, that's that's the way that is. And it won't be released for another 72 hours or whatever. Shut up. I said, no, 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 no. I got twenty six dollars worth of gas. You are not holding my card. I'm I'm out of state. I mean I'm out, I mean I'm going to be out of state. I'm going up to Washington. I, I'm traveling. I'm hundreds of miles away. I no, I'm like give me my no refund. And so he went back into this little room and disappeared for about fifteen minutes. The love room. Yeah, and he told me he <laughs> swore up and down there was not a thing they could do about well, it. Of course there is. You know, and I just I, man, <clears throat> I was ticked. And so um, I. It's amazing when, what if you really are demanding mm-hmm. how they can do something oh, about yeah. it. They're just lazy. And within 20 minutes on my app on my phone, bing, it was back. Mm-hmm. So listen, don't put up with that stuff. Mm-mm. If they pull something like that on you. And then I found out from a lady later at a restaurant, they do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Up, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because you're so far away mm-hmm. from your home and they want to put a hold on it. I don't know what the deal is. But have you guys ever experienced that? Marv, you ever had something like that happen to you? You no. don't even have a credit card. Yeah, I pay cash. <laughs> he just has a horse. We're going to put a hold on your horse. <laughs> I've had that done at like a hotel one time. They did like a $96 hold, like the price of the room. Yeah, now that makes sense because yeah. you haven't checked out yet and all that stuff. But you're getting $26 worth of gas. And not 120 something. That's ridiculous. No. I, I, I say scam written all over that one. Check tops are like mean though. That's weird. That's just very weird. It, it was a moment. It was a moment. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, I it would was actually wanted to be a fly on that was wall. That, oh, I was that a, outside. You're like, I'll be was outside. Was that on Brenda. credit card or debit? <laughs> it was on debit. Debit. Yeah, they told me if I had run it as a credit, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. And I'm like, I didn't run it. Your lady ran it. So that's that's on her. That's shady. Very shady. Well, there should have at least been signage outside that said, uh, we're going to tap your funds for a while. Right. Yeah, but see, Oregon, you don't pump your own gas, so you wouldn't have saw the sign. So she tapped his funds for a while. Oh. No, there was, a, there was a tapping. There was a tapping. <laughs> well, that's I didn't, that, that's yeah. for sure. Mm. There, was, there was a tapping. Uh, all right, enough for the weekly wine. Uh, back to the grind. Uh, these are this is just some fun stuff. As people head back to school or back to work after summer vacay, let's look at some other stuff we grind and why. (laughs) I love those things. Here's one, an axe. An axe. Ever heard of, you know, I got an axe to grind? No. Uh, Like many idioms, having an axe to grind was an actual act. In this case, the literal grinding, i.e. sharpening of an axe, this was done with a grindstone, a round rotating stone disc used to hone the edge of iron tools. If you've ever had someone on uh, go on and on about a pet peeve, which we're going to do here in a minute, <laughs> oh, until your patience is worn down to a uh, sliver, you'll know exactly <clears throat> how those axes felt. So that's having an axe to grind. Here's one, your gears, grinding your gears. Uh, grinding gears for those people who still drive stick. Is what happens when you mess up the timing while changing gears. In simple terms, 
This is, causes the, uh, the adjacent gears to meet while running in slightly different speeds, so they're literally grind against each other mm-hmm. for a moment before popping into place. Surprise! Mm-hmm. It's not good for your transmission. I never said it was My good. My left eye is watering. You're well, half sad. I'm half sad. Oh, okay. Actually, I have been, I'm in a better mood than I've been in a long time. You're this emoji now. I'm that, that emoji. Uh, grinding your teeth. <gasps> Ever do that? James says that in his sleep and it drives me nuts. Brooks-ism, oh, the medical God. term for teeth grinding, has been steadily on the rise for the last few years. That's because it's a common symptom of stress, mm-hmm. uh, which is something most of us can relate to these days. According to the Chicago Dental Society, the year 2010, the height of the U.S. financial crisis saw a 65% increase oh. in teeth grinding. <laughs> who, who, who records these things? <laughs> I want on that board. The Association of Teeth Grinders. Yes. The Association of Teeth Grinders. <laughs> the Dental Association. That's right. That's right. Uh, in the club. Oh, grinding no. in the club. Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't. Oh, Lord. Why does everybody look at me when he says that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. It I'm just, scared it of just this. seemed natural. <laughs> now, see, right. see, that went right over my head. I, I don't, I don't well, know. we're going to inform you well, here. Okay. Grinding as a dance has its roots in whining, winning, and dejucking. A hip thrusting dance move central <laughs> to some Caribbean cultures, but it was the. <laughs> See, I'm keeping up with the culture. But it was the moves uh, adoption by hip hop culture that brought it to a mainstream America in the 80s and 90s, where it's been the uh, the bane of high school proms ever since. <laughs> you you can touch oh. a high school prom in my yeah. grinding. That's a no no. <laughs> and honestly, slow dancing, but fast <laughs> dancing not so much. I'd be like, uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. Yeah. And the last one on a skateboard. Grinding on a skateboard. The Guinness Book of World Records states that the longest 50-50 grind ever, where the skateboard is facing forward with its wheels hanging either side of a curb or rail, was performed by Jager Ayton, who managed to go 204 feet. That's a long way. Mm-hmm. But according to a blog post by Grind TV, this record may have been broken in March this year by Luis de los Reyes, who went an astonishing 292 feet. About the same as five subway cars. Wow. You got to get a quick start on Grinding. That. Certainly hey. makes a difference in my day. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Carry that little nugget. Lord. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Mm. That's well, it there. All right. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. You can do all things through Christ. He gives you strength. He gives you courage. So lift your eyes to the hope. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Embrace the change. Feel the freedom. Recover your identity. Now is the time. This is the place. This is your fight song. This is Celebrate Recovery. To locate a Celebrate Recovery fellowship in your area, visit CelebrateRecovery.com. 
Hello, this is Dr. Alan Berger, author of 12 Stupid Things That Mess Up Recovery. You're listening to Take12Radio.com, featuring recovery talk and positive music. Working that they value. Brought to you by the 12 Step Gazette, award-winning recovery magazine. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now here's the Monty Man. All right, so no uh, no guessing, uh, no, uh, no fluff machine this week, no awards this week. Um, just some interesting things, uh, that, uh, that the best bosses, the best employers, uh, actually say, uh, and verbalize to their employees. Uh, great bosses think about what their body language, facial expressions, and tone of voice communicate to their staff. And they often take the time to say things face to face rather than through email, uh, in order to build trust, develop relationships, manage conflict, and inspire employees. But with the technical age as it is, everybody's doing email, everybody's doing texting, right? Mm -hmm. More and more employers aren't even talking to their people. They're just doing that. But good employers talk to you face-to-face. Oh, yeah. Here's some of the the positive things. Good morning. A simple good morning. (laughs) How's that? How about saying good morning to your boss and he actually responds? (laughs) You know, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, touching base in the morning or at the start of, of any shift is a small thing, but employees notice when you don't. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. It shows you're truly present and taking the time to connect at a personal level. Here's one. How are you? How are you? This simple human question puts employees at ease and reminds them that they're more than a number in a company. But in reality, it's not asked as often as you think. Good bosses treat their team as people and win their support as a result, mm-hmm. an occasion will say, how are you doing? Um, here's one. Great job. Right? Everybody likes to hear that. Praise and recognition at any level in an organization is always welcome. Uh, we're all human beings with basic needs to be appreciated, but it can also be overused and lo- lose its meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So use this phrase sparingly. Uh, the next one, yes or sure. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. Uh, being positive and giving the green light to employees allows them to grow. That can lead to mistakes, but without risks, the company and team remains stagnant. Uh, here's one that you very seldom hear in any workplace from your employer. That was my mistake. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, admitting fault is something that is experienced bosses do. They don't pass the buck, and therefore they set the example for others. By doing so, they also create a safe environment for their teams to take calculated risks. Mm. That's how people learn. Here's a really good one. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. One of the top reasons employees leave a company is because they don't feel appreciated. Workplaces where bosses do a better job of consistently showing gratitude towards employees have lower um, uh, absenteeism. Uh, lower turnover rates, better customer service scores, and higher productivity. Great bosses 
get in the habit of consistently passing along positive praise in a timely, sincere, and positive manner. Uh, Here's one. Can you please? Common courtesy is so simple, yet often overlooked in business. Smart bosses don't bark out orders. Mm -hmm. Right? You've had orders barked out at you, Tony? By one of our old jams, she was very good at that. Really? That's yeah. her only yeah. way of communicating. Um, <laughs> only way. Oh, mm. Here's one of my favorite ones. How can I be of greater support to you? You know, you kind of like, you know, if you, if, if you haven't done something that maybe you should have done, maybe an employer would be more effective if they said, how can I help you get that done? Mm. Is there something that I can do to contribute to you getting that completed? Have you been properly trained in that? Have, you know, what, what can I do? Because sometimes that gets missed. Um, this is probably one of the most powerful things a boss can get into the habit of asking on a regular <clears> basis. <throat> it demonstrates concern and compassion for the employee. And it proves you understand that the real job of a boss is to support and provide a service to his or her people. That's their real job. Mm-hmm. Here's one. Here's an example. Sometimes projects can be overwhelming and not fully understood. Savvy managers give examples to better explain projects or perspectives. They also anticipate potential outcomes with their staff. Um, this one is is one I had I had a boss in retail years ago that used to ask this all the time. It was really appreciated. What's on your plate right now? I have one that does that too. Do you? Yeah. As a boss, it's important to check in on the status of your employees' projects and get an idea of their current workload before. Uh, dueling out additional mm-hmm. work. You never want to put too much on their plate. Um, there's a whole bunch more. Uh, one here is, what do you think? What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, another powerful question that should be asked on a daily basis, almost every conversation with an employee. It's one of the simplest ways to recognize employees as it sends the message that you value their input. Uh, How can we best solve this? Or how can we do this better? Mm -hmm. Rather than remaining uh, punitive with a team member, uh, good bosses help their team evaluate situations that go awry. They make their team aware that we're in this together. Mm -hmm. These great bosses realize that the more they share knowledge and train the team, the more productive and successful the company. And here's one I never thought of before, but it, 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 it really... This is really good. Uh, how are your kids or your dog or your parents? Uh, without crossing any lines, it's important to get to know your employees and acknowledge their lives outside of work. Learn your employees' spouses and children's names if they have a family. And if you know they have an ill parent, they just got a new dog or started taking a photography class. Ask how things are going. It builds a caring, compassionate workplace, and it builds trust. See, my- Why are you my- laughing? My- <laughs> That you asked that question. Uh, My dog died three years ago. (laughs) Actually, my dog did die three years ago. Three years ago. (laughs) Uh, You know, there's a whole bunch more. Uh, How are things going? Are you being challenged? Keep me in the loop. Uh, Tell me about how your day or week is going. Uh, What are your dreams and goals? Mm -hmm. A good boss will ask you that on occasion. What are your dreams? What are your goals? That kind of thing. Um, So I've had employers... That not only did not know my wife's name, they didn't know anything. Uh, maybe I called in sick, and they never. When I came back, they never said, "How are you feeling? Are you doing better?" Yeah, not a word, not a word. I've had employers. 
I've said good morning to every morning and not even acknowledge that I'm standing there. You know, that that does not do well uh, for developing a good, healthy team. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't. So these are just some of the some of the cool things that that good bosses say. If, if you are an employer uh, and you're a leader and you're not doing these, maybe consider it. You might you might uh, you might build a better team if you do do that. Well, the right? thing with when I was going through with Nevaeh, my um, management, yeah, yeah, dog, sorry, <laughs> my management always asked every morning, "How are you doing? What's going on? What's the updated status?" So, I'm sure. very appreciative of that. It showed it like on a more personal level, right? So that right. that that does help a lot. What do you think, Marv? I think somebody's in a fantasy world. <laughs> <clears throat> the kind of jobs I've worked all my life, that kind of stuff doesn't happen, right? Doesn't go on, yeah. And if it did, you'd be suspicious. Oh, what do you want? What's yeah. really happening? The yeah. mystery. So when you were reading all that stuff, oh, Jamie, Christmas. <laughs> so your take on it is is that is, is that is he that if you expect coming. your boss to be a good boss, you're probably living in a fantasy land. Well, if you ex- no, it's not that so much as uh, if you expect your boss to be Mother Teresa. Right, you're, you're probably. But do you have to be fantasy. Mother Teresa to just say good morning when somebody says good morning to you? Well, you know, personally, for me, yeah, a lot of times I don't want anybody to say anything to me. <laughs> well, then maybe you shouldn't be an employer. Horses don't talk. <laughs> you know, when you have a staff of uh, five, six, ten, twelve people, or whatever, and you don't want to engage them. Mm-hmm. You lock yourself in your office. You know you turn your back on them. That kind of thing. When they when when they're trying to speak now, to see, you. See, you're talking about a whole different scenario, a whole different uh, job scenario. I'm talking about jobs and mills, uh, sawmills, ah, uh, okay. rare metals, whatever. And so it depends on got, what the job you've got, is. You've got a union there, right? That's and so dangerous. there's always this. Uh, whether uh, and I never did like it really. Yeah, I didn't care for it. But there's always this kind of, uh, you know, uh, animosity underlining. <coughs> yeah, when you get union and management and employees. Yeah, and, so yeah. that kind of thing you're talking about. It it was rare as hen's teeth. For, rare as hen's teeth. Yes, for a another foreman, cowboy saying. I like for a foreman. To, hang on to that one. To be Mister Good Guy. Yeah. I didn't know hens made tea. <laughs> yeah. Do they? No. Oh. It's rare. It's rare. <laughs> yeah, very rare. It's <laughs> like, oh, no, there's tea for everything else. I didn't know no hens made tea. Oh, my goodness sake. All right. There's, so it's not uh, a real look. thing? No? What? Working out to buy. What a way to make a living. All right. That does it for a little trivia there on uh, what uh, good bosses may be oh. saying. <laughs> All right, uh, the topic, uh, when it's time to leave. Uh, so this can be applied in any situation. And Tony, you had to leave a relationship not long ago. Yeah. Because it became toxic, true? True. Yeah. I, so how was... long did you put up with abusive speech and just mental, and mental you know, before you actually said enough is enough? And, and to be fair, I have to say, in the beginning, he was there for a reason. You know, he did, Walter right. did, and I've let James know that too. But 
after me getting sober and him staying in the mindset of the weed and everything like that, he would just like, like he would say, I was born to smoke dope the rest of my life. So I've tried counseling with him, which that never went well. That was like one or two sessions. You know, I've tried all these things, working steps over and over again with my sponsor, trying to work things out with him and talk to him. And I did that for nine years. So would you say that your sobriety had was put at risk because of the marijuana and that was going on? Oh, definitely. And, and that's that why stuff. I was always gone from the house and because at meetings and stuff like that, because I just, I couldn't be around that all the time. It was mentally bad for me. I right. was like doing a lot more service work than, than I am now. Yeah. But now I feel safer at home, but now I have to get my butt out of the house because I like being at home. Right. right. <laughs> so. yeah, uh, Marv, have you, have you had a, ever had to walk away from a situation because it was unhealthy? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Feel like sharing? (laughs) (laughs) The silent cowboy. (laughs) Well, actually, I walked away from a job uh, on a ranch. Uh, That was back in the late 80s. I was uh, hired as a manager, and uh, the bosses were very well-off Californian Mm -hmm. people. And the husband and wife did not communicate, so I would get orders from either the husband or the wife, and then they'd cancel each other out, and I was standing there, didn't know what to do. Mm. Right. And this went on and on, and uh, finally I couldn't take it anymore, so I, I quit. Yeah. Yeah. How was that received by them? Did they even care? The woman, the wife, yeah, she started crying. Really? Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Denver, how about you? Have you ever had to walk away from an unhealthy situation and just leave? In all fairness, I have to say some people's walked away from me. (laughs) With that little disclaimer being said, uh, yeah, relationships. There's been an employer I actually walked away with right? uh, because it was just uh, a totally unfair job situation. And uh, we we can take that for a while, but seriously, there does come a point. Where the curtain has to drop and you walk away and you go, I can't do this any longer. And, sure. and with uh, with trying to practice uh, recovery in my life, there's been times I've had to walk away from so-called friends, people mm-hmm. that I were tight with. And I, I went to them and said, I can't be around you. I just can't be right, yeah. n- right now. Yeah. I got to go. So, right. Yeah, I've had, at 57, I've had plenty of opportunity to uh, see this transpire in my life. Sure. Um. There are people that have had to walk away even from their 12-step fellowship yeah, because the meeting was no longer a meeting. Mm-hmm. It was a toxic environment. Um, I think when that happens, I think it's wise before you do to plug into another one. Mm-hmm. When it comes to like A meetings and NA meetings and Celebrate <clears throat> Recovery meetings and all the plethora of different 12-step meetings that there are out there, there are so many that there's no reason not to be able to plug into somewhere else. But that can happen, too. Mm-hmm. That can happen. Um, I think you do you do your best to do your best. And when you can't do that anymore, it may be time to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there have been times our family had to walk away from a place of worship because it became, it wasn't a place of worship anymore. Mm-hmm. It became extremely toxic and to everybody in the congregation. And nobody was doing anything about it. And our son was a minor, and we weren't going to subject, you know, subject him 
to to that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that happens. Um, and, and so it's a hard thing when it happens. Sometimes you have to leave a situation abruptly for the sake of your sobriety, your sanity, and your recovery. And that is really hard. You can't always, you know, the ideal thing is, is to be able to give three days notice, two weeks notice, that kind of thing, if it's an employer, um, or to let people know, like a friend, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I love you, but I can't be around you. And, but so you take them to coffee and you explain the situation, but sometimes it is so, so bad. And if you know yourself well enough in your own recovery and the importance of it, you may have to leave abruptly. Yeah. And that's just the way that is. There is nothing, there's nothing worth losing your sobriety or losing your sanity and your, and your recovery boundaries. Mm -hmm. Amen. Nothing worth that. They're not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> really, they're not. Yeah. Um, so here is three. Now, Now, this can be applied to any situation, not just employer-employee. Um, but this, is, this isn't a complete list, but the following types of behavior are three main indicators that your employer is abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's number, here's, uh, here's number one, demeaning behavior. Now remember, this can come from a friend. This is, can come from a pastor. This can come from your employer. Mm-hmm. Um, demeaning behavior. It's uncalled for in any way, shape or form to excuse the belittling or humili- humiliating of another human being. Your boss, your friend, your pastor, your 12 step general service rep, any of those things, has no right to yell at you in front of others, Mm -hmm. to raise your voice or be harsh in any way, shape, or form ever. Or even behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Being harsh or yelling should never be tolerated. Talking to you disrespectfully and verbally trying to undermine your confidence should also be strictly prohibited. You have a right to stand up for yourself. Whether your boss, your friend, your pastor, your 12-step leader is in a bad mood or not doesn't really matter. And it doesn't matter what they think you might have done. There is no excuse for harsh behavior. Uh, Those who take pleasure out of making others feel degraded do so to achieve a sense of empowerment or superiority. This often stems from deep-rooted insecurities. Mm-hmm. Once this behavior starts, it only gets worse. It never gets better. And be alert for your boss or your friend, whoever this is, demeaning other people who aren't present. It's a bad sign if they're constantly bad-mouthing your coworkers, your friends, church members, employees, when they talk to you saying old employees or friends were constantly making stupid mistakes, spent too much time um, doing personal things, blah, 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 blah. Of course, the boss's complaints could have some element of truth, mm-hmm. right? We're not perfect employees. We're not perfect friends. Uh, not all employees are focused and honest. However, if your boss, in the case of employment, claims that they had all these bad work habits and no good qualities, it's likely you have a boss who brings out the worst in their employees. Mm-hmm. 
So that's, that's demeaning behavior. Um, isolating behavior. Setting policies and procedures in place and making sure they're followed through is one thing. Trying to control you personally in the workplace and cut you off from your support is quite another. Isolation is the most dangerous controlling tactic an abusive employer can use because it cuts you off from any support. The feeling of isolation is the most painful experience a person can go through. Some controlling and isolating behaviors to watch out for are wanting to know what you do every second of the day, monitoring who you speak to, showing displeasure when you speak to others or certain people at work. It's especially alarming when they don't want you to talk to family or friends when you're at work, even at lunch, or when you're on your break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not the same as doing, you know, if you're doing personal stuff on company time, that's wrong. That that You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, and they have every right to call you on that. But, but you know, if you're on your break or if you're on your lunch hour, you know, and this, this goes for ministry, too. I mean, I've seen this in ministries, in offices, in churches. So-and-so goes to lunch. They want to know, who'd you go to lunch with? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a this is a wide topic. This is this is a wide arena. Untrusting behavior is the third one. Um, if these people always act as though you can't be trusted, this is often a sign that uh, they're untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. They may have some reason to withhold their trust. Perhaps they were burned by a previous friend, pastor, employee who is untrustworthy, or they have a manager or supervisor above them who doesn't trust them, and they pass this attitude on to you. Boy, does that ever happen, where it rolls downhill. Mm -hmm. They're being treated disrespectfully. They're being treated uh, unkindly, and so their bad mood rubs off onto you or gets passed on to you. That happens a lot. Um, But if they consistently act like you are deceitful, it may be that they are deceitful. Sad part is I know, and I won't say who it is. They work for the corporation still, mm-hmm. who's a little bit of all of those. And now I feel sad for her. right. Oh, them. Yeah, her oh. them it in there. Yeah. Well, and here's one too. Don't forget female to female abuse. Right. Um, abuse crosses <laughs> genders. <laughs> abuse crosses genders and can be exhibited by and directed. At both males and females, male bosses may abuse both male and female employees, and female bosses can be just as abusive as men. Mm-hmm. Queen bee. Ding, ding, Queen bee syndrome. Uh-huh. Or king bee. So if this is happening to you in a situation, and you have gone to the person, and you've tried to discuss it with them, and they're not changing their behavior, and they're continuing to be uh, uh, it treats you untrustworthy... Uh, isolating or demeaning, mm-hmm. it may be time to leave. Mm-hmm. Denver, your thoughts? <sighs> wow, it's a it, like you said, it's a broad, broad uh, spectrum of topic here yeah. where you can go. Uh, employer wise, I've worked for a lot of family owned uh, businesses or smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So. Basically, it's been pretty smooth in that area for me. There was one employer, and I won't even get into that because it's long since over. Right. But uh, relationship-wise, yeah, I've had to uh, get away from toxic. I'm in recovery now, two years of uh, good time. And uh, I can't say for the past years before that because, like I said, people's walked away. But uh, 
now uh, there's a lot of things I'll let roll off my back, and, and it's not worth the fight. I want to be. You want to be happy, or you want to be right. I want to be happy. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you you put up with these things because we're all human and we have these glitches and itches in our life. So uh, glitches you put up, and itches. You, you put up with a lot of things. Cowboy poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy poetry. Yes. Yeah. Bed bugs. I don't know something that's bothering <laughs> bed you. Bugs, yeah. So uh, yeah, I have learned to put up with a lot, a lot, a lot. But there comes a time. When uh, and I haven't had to practice this out in mainstream right now because I've been involved with Teen Challenge and it's my home. It's kind of where I sure. hang a lot. But there comes a time that you have to get away if it's jeopardizing uh, your health. Yes, is the first one I think of. I am finally, uh, by what the doctor's standards <laughs> say, healthy. I'm working on the mental part of it. Are now. you? Yes. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, if it's affecting your health, you really just got to say enough is enough. I've got, I've got to give this up, and I've got to leave. And it's hard. If you're used to a relationship, you've been with somebody, you, you, you somewhat trust them, even though they hurt you. You're mm-hmm. comfortable around them, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, there just is going to come a time, if you're taking care of yourself, that you're going to have to walk away from this. Yeah. Sad. And it's a heartbreaking thing, you know. I I, I dearly love uh, one of my ex-wives and uh, married her twice and got together with her after not seeing her for 20 years, and her and I still don't click. And it, yeah. it, we're toxic together. Sure. So, uh, just like, farewell, man. I ain't gonna marry you a third time. <laughs> it's not a choice. I don't think she wanted me, anyways. <laughs> hey, Mar, have you ever had a horse walk away from you? <laughs> <laughs> or, or kick you? Oh, remember He's what I said a while now. back? A horse will never lie to you. So. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But so, uh, you know what I was thinking about, Monty, is uh, <clears throat> in our uh, culture today, where and maybe not right this moment, but let's go back a couple of years where people couldn't get a job, mm-hmm. and then they they get one, and then uh, how how were they being treated then? Right. And how, what did they think about it? Because, oh, geez, I finally got a job. I can feed my wife and my kids, and the boss comes out and gets on your case, and, oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, you bet. Because you're wanting to keep that job. Yeah. You know, and uh, so do you lose so your sanity, I, or do you lose your income? Well, I don't know. Right, that's the question. Especially the only person can a- a- yeah. answer themselves. Yeah, um, I know a lot of the uh, the last job I had, I was there thirty six years. Wow! And I've got to admit, there was a whole lot about it I didn't like, mm-hmm. but I had. A wife and kids, right? Um, and and they had to be taken care of. And you weren't at retirement age, right? And I wasn't retired, in, yeah, or at, at that age. So I put up, um, <clears throat> probably with a lot more than you should have had to, but you did. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. Sure, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, you have to. So um, I don't know. Um, I, I really going back to what you read again, and 
And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying. But wouldn't that, it be nice, right? Yeah. It's really the ideal, not the real. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know the situation that most of my working life, it it uh, just wasn't happening. Wasn't that like that. No. It, it is rare to find an employer or even coworkers, for that matter, that fit that bill. Yeah. Of being complimentary, of being asking how you're doing, it, uh, not being shaming and, and that kind of thing. Um, it does happen. Mm-hmm. And by golly, if you find that job, <laughs> don't on, let yeah. go of that one. See, that's why I'm glad I went down and talked to Miss Carol before I went to that actual store earlier today. Because- so let's talk about that for a minute. So you, for a moment, had to leave your job. Yeah, over the because weekend. Because of health reasons. Yeah, I've been dealing with my sugar levels. They've been from 73 to... 200 right um the last few weeks and you know long story short testing's not back in yet i don't have a regimen so i thought i'd put in my two weeks but last week had a bad attack had to call in the last couple of days after that and i was like worrying myself to words that i was throwing myself into attacks because i didn't want them thinking i was just giving up so yeah. i went down to the main office today and talked to carol and she's such an amazing woman. I love her so much. And she's like, well, let's try adjusting your hours where it's not too long of a shift, but not too early and not too late. Say like, what she say? Like a nine to one. Sure. Let's do that. So you don't have to throw away. Cause she's taught the crossword that I was at. Do I quit now or do I <coughs> further my health situation and try to last the two weeks? So she saw yeah. the crossroad. Yeah. And that's what I love about her. She's very down to earth and, She's like, throw it by, you know, your GM, and I did, and she's like, no, let's try that. That way, if something else happens further into my two weeks and I have to collect an employment, then she'll be like, yeah, she tried everything she could, so. Yeah. It it was a very emotional situation. Sure it was. It was nice to know that they appreciated me that much. She's like, we named it a club after you. Why don't we want you here, you know? So, so it, it was nice to see that appreciation, and I'm glad I went to the office first instead of the store and made mm-hmm. a rash decision without knowing the options. So if you were an employer... But it was still very sad. <laughs> it was hard. If you were an employer and somebody left your place of business abruptly and poof, they were gone... Mm-hmm. Would you not pick up the phone immediately and try to figure out what happened? Would you not would you not say, "Hey man, can we talk about this?" or or what are you okay? Or would you not say something? Carol me? actually was seeing a pattern. She's like, "That's just not you." I was actually going to call you anyway, so right. she she had every she goes, "I was going to call you later today anyways and talk about it." So Yeah. Yeah. If you were an employer, would you not do that, Marv? If somebody it just vanished on you like that? Wouldn't you Say hey, hey buddy, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Denver? What do you think? Yeah, that depends on if they took the printer or not. <laughs> they took the printer. I mean, they've been so good to me and gave me so many, you know, incredible opportunities. Yeah. I just, I had to go down and talk to her face to face. I have the most upper, uh, most respect for them down at the office right. for what they've done for me. So. I'm like, I have to be the bigger person and go throw myself in the principal's office. Man, I, I would be wondering what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, be, I'd be concerned for if, them. I, I would, yeah. what is going on? If they're a good employee. If they're it, a good well, employee. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, if I, they're a good employee, yeah. I've worked for family businesses, like I said, some of them. And uh, they always are concerned. And they're concerned. Uh, one of my employers is extremely concerned about my health. They knew I was drinking. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just a... <sighs> It was a good thing. They, they were always concerned about right. me. And then uh, the family, one of the family owned got sold to a corporation, and things changed. Corporation, uh, the stuff rolls downhill. Mm-hmm. You know, they're crunching numbers sure. from the top side. And then the middleman, which would be my boss, gets his hind end uh, chewed on. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes downhill from there. The, mm-hmm. the closeness is lost. In, yeah, in a bigger corporation. And our franchise is family owned, so yeah, see, it helps a lot. It, it's do they own both the Freeway one and the one and you're Independence at? in Dallas? Okay, yeah, so four. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a couple new ones on on the works, but they're still family owned. Right. Yeah. Right. And and and, and working in the fast food industry has got to be mm-hmm. one of the most thankless, stressful jobs you could ever have. I managed two Taco Bells in Oakland, California. Yeah. You know, you work at the Golden Arches, you know. And, and I'm still queen. <laughs> and you're still queen of the Golden Arches. I'm kidding. That was a little cocky there. A sandwich named after you. know. No. <laughs> Monty, I don't know how this fits in, but I think one thing people need to look at. I had an experience about four years ago where I got in a terrible bind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was over in eastern Oregon. Uh, my truck had broke. Mm. Um <clears throat> I got sick, ended up in the hospital. So here's my point. I was frantically trying to tell this doctor, hey, I, I've got to get out of here and get back because right. there's nobody there looking after my horse or my dog. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I was stressed anyway. And uh, finally he got tired of hearing of it, and he came in <laughs> and he shook his finger at me. And he said, listen, he said, I'm your doctor. I'm not your friend. Hmm. And I wonder how many employers look at it that way, you know. I'm your employer, not your buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not you're you're not my friend. You work for me and you need to help me. And that's okay, me. right? Um Isn't that isn't that a, that's not inappropriate? I don't think. But with that kind of attitude, which yeah, I'm I'm not sure to tell you the truth, yeah. but they're not going to be any more personal they're not going to ask how your family is or any yeah. of that kind of stuff yeah. but i don't think you have to be somebody's buddy buddy to actually engage them by simply saying good morning when they say good morning to you mm-hmm. I, I i i don't get that it should actually be part of the job description right i believe if you're a good manager getting along oh, yeah. well with others yeah. and my yeah, GM's amazing I love if it. you're building a team uh you need to coax this team along coach them not coax but I, yeah. I, I remember getting an email from an employer that said, unless it's about money, I don't want to talk to you about it. Oh, I remember getting an email like that. And I thought, wow, that just spoke volumes to me. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, you, you know, and, and that person had other people to deal with other areas in the job and so forth. So they were delegating anything else other than money to those those people. But. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's common courtesies. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you don't have to like your employee, mm-hmm. but if they're a good employee and they work really hard on making you look good, maybe you ought to be in their corner. Yeah. And there, when I went to the store, there were a lot of people who relieved that I didn't have to go. So that seeing that reaction, it was nice. Yeah. 
So here's the thing. If if you are being mistreated by a friend, it's okay to say, hey, friend, Mm -hmm. that's not okay to speak to me like that. That doesn't work for me. Or or maybe you want to say, hey, are we okay? Is there something I'm doing? You know, I've done that. I've, I've gone to an employer and said, is there something I'm doing? Can you let me know? Oh, no, no, you're fine. And then turn around the next minute and, 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 and be talked to harshly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to say, these are the boundaries that I have. Employers have to have boundaries. Employees do, do too. When you're going for a job interview, you're interviewing your prospective employer just as much as they're interviewing you. You know, and there's certain boundaries. If it's friendship, if if it's a volunteer position in a church, just because you're a volunteer doesn't mean that you should be treated, you know, less than an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, it is good to set boundaries. You have to learn how to stand up for yourself. Make a stand. And if you're able to, right? Because mm-hmm. we were talking about people that had jobs and you can't, you can't leave. You got to support your family and that kind of thing. It's sad that you would have to put up with such behavior, but you may not be able to. Mm-hmm. You may be stuck. And that's a hard place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but if you're able to move out of that situation into a new one, it may be the healthiest thing you do for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't take care of yourself, you don't take a stand then your recovery could be at risk. We're talking about people in recovery. huh? It's thin ice. It is. Yeah, be honest with you and others, especially with yourself, on what you can handle or not handle, I think. Right, right. And it is hard. It is one of the most painful things you'll ever go through to have to abruptly leave a situation, a friendship, a church, an Mm -hmm. employer, whatever. But if you don't, if you're not out of there, you end up, you know, you know yourself well enough that you're going to drink again, or mm-hmm. you're going to do something worse, or have yeah. a heart attack, or have a stroke, have Jeez. you know, stress. You know, I've been in a position where I felt the cortisol rising so hard I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't, I couldn't like breathe and calm down. I thought, you know what? I need to remove myself from this toxic situation mm-hmm. before I have a stroke. And if that's you, you got to make a stand and do that. Mm-hmm. Nothing is worth your health. Nothing is worth losing your sobriety over. Be honest with yourself. Yeah, be honest yeah, with yourself. I think, I think one of the hardest areas uh, it has been for me, and <clears throat> maybe I'm telling on myself, but, but <laughs> one, one of the hardest areas for me uh, has to do with matters of the heart, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you how your brain uh, Denver said something earlier I think before the show about he's working on his brain working on his thinking you know? but <laughs> when it comes to relationships and knowing boundaries and knowing when to walk away and and you know your your mind and uh, your past experiences involved and and plus you care deeply yeah. for the other person that's that to me would be harder than than just about anything. You bet. You bet. And it can be like that with an employer too. I think that's a very good point because I was so emotional because I do love them so much. Well, and you can become friends with your employer mm-hmm. sometimes, and your employer become friends with. I you. mean, that, that doesn't does show they're showing me favoritism. I'm not saying that. I'm right. going to put that out there, but you know, they've done so much for me that it was hard to say, "Hey, 
here's my crossword. What can I do or do I have to do or not do or whether I didn't even know there are options out there. Sure. So, oh, I just went bullets though on the way to the office. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this is National Recovery Month. Uh, go big or go home. Get involved. Do some. Do something. Go go to a recovery event. Have a good time. Treat yourself well. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself. If you need to make a stand, make a stand. Our closing song this week is by Freebo, and it's simply called Stand. S T A. I've heard this one before. Sure, it's fine.
that does it for another show. Listen, just like the song says, stand up. If you feel that you are being abused, mistreated, or disrespected, you don't have to put up with that. Let the people that are doing that to you know that it's not okay. And if they won't listen, maybe it's time to leave. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <coughs>